Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. Glad you're all here enjoying the weather. Still warm out there, surprisingly. Thank you for coming and being with us this evening. Our speaker for this evening is Reverend Timothy McKeithen. He's the Hispanic Ministries Coordinator here at Nazarene Bible College. He's right here. Can we welcome him? Thank you, Reverend Timothy. He's going to bring us the word. Let's all stand as we begin our time with some songs and worship. Psalms chapter 47, it says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. And it says, How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. And it says, Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of God of Abraham. For the king of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Amen. And we believe that he reigns. He reigns over all the nations. And so let us worship him tonight. Our God reigns. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. I guess I'm your friendly neighborhood missionary. No, actually, I live here. But um, for the past 24 out of our last 28 years, we have been overseas. So that's why I'm still kind of getting used to this American scene. And I, wanted to, I don't want to talk about foreign missions. I'm not going to tell you about places in, in, in South America. I'm not going to tell you about the jungles. I'm not going to tell you about the food we ate in Asia. I'm not going to, not going to mess, mess around with that, OK? Is that all right? Good to go? Some people are, I'm not going to go listen to that guy. He's going to make me queasy. No, no, no. But I do think God's got a plan for all of us. And I think missions isn't as far away as you think. If you have your Bibles, and I know you do because they're right there in, the, in front of you, you need to look at John 4. And I will be using Scripture all night tonight. So please join with me. John chapter 4. You know John. It's after Mark. No, it's not. It's after Luke. See, you're all asleep. Okay. All right. You don't, there's Bible there. I can see them. Okay. Starting in the very first, first verse. The, ver, the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, though in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Gal, uh, Judea, Judea and went back once more to Galilee. So far, so good. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman, do I have it? Yeah, good. When a Samaritan woman came up to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town 
to buy food. I'm going to stop right there. Now, we're going to talk about the rest, but this is an unusual situation. He had to go to Samaria. He had to go to Samaria. Wait a minute. Jews aren't supposed to go to Samaria. That's not part of the plan. Jews, as you guys know, they always took the long way around to get up to Galilee. Who wanted to go to Galilee anyway? But they would take the long way to stay out of Samaria. Samaria was another, another land. I would say, they had, I don't think they had border crossings. I've been through a few of those. But I do think there was a big difference between Judea and Samaria. But he had to go through Samaria. And so he's out there at the well. He's sitting down. And he starts talking to a lady. You, you know this story. You guys know the story? Anybody heard this? Yeah, sure. And he starts talking to this lady. And first of all, she's surprised that, that he would talk to her. There's a question of gender. Men didn't talk to women. And then there's a the question of nationality. Jewish men never would talk to hardly even Jewish women. It, this just didn't happen. And then later on, he starts talking about how unique he was. He was the gift of God. He said it. And if you knew the gift of God and who it is who's talking to you, well, he, you'd be asking him. I mean, you, you know the rest of the story. They went through uh, questions about uh, worship. They went through questions about her lifestyle. Do you remember that part? He just, he just said, go, go call your husband and come back. And she said, I have no husband. And he said, you're absolutely right. You have had five husbands, and the one you're with now isn't your husband. You are absolutely right in what you said. And then she starts, that's when the question of, of worship comes up, and, and she, maybe she's trying to sidestep the moral issue here, and let, let's get over to something we can, you know, let's go talk about church. That, that didn't work either. Um, I know that the Messiah, when he comes, so, let, let, okay, I can't talk to you about worship, and I, I can't talk to you about religion, and I, and I can't talk. Well, I know the Messiah, when he comes, because that's been, I mean, it's so many hundred years in, in, in advance. I mean, goodness gracious, it couldn't possibly. And he says, I am that Messiah you're talking about. Cut right to the chase, didn't he? Now, that's not the, that's not the part I really want to focus on. I want us to go to the next this next section, starting at verse 27. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or, why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. 
Do you not say, four more months and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life. Now let's get down to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I, I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Okay. Now, I got just, good sermon has three points, right? So I've got three points. Let's boil this down. Just this second part. Because we're going to talk about harvest. Harvest is about eternal life. He said it. He said it. Right there, the very last, one of the very last verses. The, the reaper is for eternal life. Now my question is, and this is the application, are, are what we're doing, or what we're doing in ministry, is it for eternal life? Or is it for anything else? Eternal life, folks. I think you're here because of eternal life. I think you feel it's, it's important to be here. It's important to minister. I feel probably most of you, if not all of you, have the call of God on their lives to absolutely answer, yes, eternal life is the whole point. However, you know and I know there's a lot of things going around in our churches and a lot of things going around even in our ministries that are not, a concern, are not concerned with eternal life, are they? They're about the here and the now. We're, this is very urgent. This is very present. We've got to take care of it. Oh, yes, but eternal life. No, 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 no. I'll get to that when I get to it. You don't get that chance. We have to focus on eternal life now, especially when it's talking about harvest. See, I think that's why Jesus decided to talk to that lady. He was concerned about eternal life. How long is eternal life? Eternally, right on. It's forever, folks. And we, don't we really get just really messed up and, and bogged down by the stuff that isn't eternal? I mean, really. We're, we're, not, ready for, we're not ready for eternal life. So some people say, yes, I want to go to heaven, but just not yet. But when we're ministering and when we're talking, we don't know when the next chance is going to be. That's why I really, really want to I hope the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. Folks, focus on eternal life. Focus on the eternal life in your churches. Focus on eternal life in your ministry. In your studies. That's the good news. We are going to spend eternal, eternity with our, with our Lord, but we have a chance to take as many people as we can with us. That's why we went overseas. It would have been more comfortable to stay here. It would have been easier to stay here. But there's a whole bundle of people out there that have never heard. I had the chance because of my work. I, I had a secular job. I was a bivocational missionary for, for many, many years. And my workmates had never heard of Jesus, had never heard of God. 
When we lived in Hong Kong for five years, I'd be talking to my, my stand partner in the, in the music, in, in, the, in the Philharmonic, and, and he was from Shanghai. And I said, let me tell you about God. And he says, which one? They didn't know about, they didn't know about a loving God that sent his son. They didn't know about eternal life. They thought when it's over, it's over. And I hear that every day, even here in the United States on TV and in the radio and in the news. When it's over, it's over, baby. It's not. Please, don't forget the harvest, really, about eternal life. The harvest is now. Did you, see, did you hear it in the passage? Jesus says, don't say four more months and then it's harvest. Lift up your eyes. Look right now. And I think he was looking at that lady when he said it. Don't, don't think it's down the road. We're close to Christmas time. But some of you might be thinking, I promise we'll do something evangelistic before Easter. Really? <laughs> really? Let's do something evangelistic now. Because I, we've got to open our eyes. That's the problem. I think God's throwing people at us every day. I think he's throwing people constantly in our jobs, our, our, our home area, our, our neighborhood. I think he's throwing people at us constantly that have this very same issue. They need the Lord. They need to know about the Lord. They need to look, know about eternal life. They need to know about a Savior who died for them. And I don't think we can wait four more months. I don't think we can wait to the next evangelistic campaign that we may or may not do in our church. Okay, I, I, I kind of thought you probably weren't going to jump on that one, but okay, I'll go to the third one. The harvest means that souls are the most important thing. He said, they said to him, sorry, they said to him, Rabbi, eat something. And he says, don't eat it. I don't need it. I've got food. Food enough to fill. Folks, you help somebody to the Lord, and you'll, it's better than a Big Mac. It's better than a chocolate sundae, friends. It's a lot more important, too. It, it, it grieves me to see, uh, I'll just tell you, in the United States, when the service is over, the service is over. We've got to get home to eat. Why can't we stay a little bit longer? Maybe somebody needs to get prayed with. Wouldn't that be the most important thing? I think we could all, at least I could do, with less food. And I think I could be more concerned about spiritual food and talking to this lady who wouldn't have been my number one prospect as a member, really. Does this make sense? Well, I don't want you to think I'm superhuman because we, we biffed in a big way. We used to live in Santiago, Chile, which is the capital of the, the country of Chile, and we needed to go to this little bitty town called Pomaire because we had a working witness team that was going to come down, and we had heard that Pomaire was a really nice place for tourism, and even though we worked our working witness teams to the death almost, I'm exaggerating, we worked them very hard, but we always gave them at least one or two days 
if they were nice, of, of tourism. Okay, so we were going to take them, but we had to check it out first. And, and Pomare is a beautiful place that has lots of uh, beautiful things and has folkloric dances, and it'd be perfect for Chile, per perfect for them to actually see what it was like. And um, we parked right here one Monday afternoon because we wanted to go see, see the shops there. And um, I, I remember it, 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 it invariably happens when you have white pants on, that's the day that your flat tire happens. So as we pulled up onto the, 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 uh, the, the curb, I got out of the car, and, and that's when I noticed the flat tire. And I said to Sue, go, go on ahead, sweetie, and, and you start the shopping or start, start looking, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this. So I opened up the trunk and started to get the tire out. And uh, this guy comes out from one of the shops, kind of a little chubby guy, uh, older than I, but, but he, he came over and uh, struck, up, struck up a conversation. And I thought, well, this is, this is kind of neat. Um, and so he tells me his whole story, his whole life story right there, bang, instantly. Well, it, it was a story. His wife had had a car accident and had had severe brain injury, severe brain trauma, and was completely, had been, you know, in, in a bed for, for months. And he, he, had sold, he had three businesses, and he was making over a million dollars a month, and he sold it all to get her that last surgery that could possibly, possibly save her life. And thanks to the Lord, she, she did. She made it. And she recovered. And I said, well, Luis, I, I really, it's really nice to meet you. And, and so he took me into the shop, and I actually got to meet her. And, and Susan was even talking to the same lady at the same time. And so we, we were talking. And, and to make a long story short, we, we, we said, can we pray with you right now? And, and so, so we prayed. And as soon as we got through, I said, this isn't enough. I, we both sensed this was not enough. We've got to do more than just pray for them. And I said, Louise, could we come to your house? Maybe show We got a, this really good film. It's called The Jesus Film. It's on the life of Jesus. And we'd love to just show you this. And, and, would, would, and Louise said, I'd love for it. Would you come to my house? I'd love that. Can I invite all my neighbors? I said, yes, please, that'd be great. So the following Thursday, we were at his house, and his house was full of neighbors. And as soon as the film was over, he prayed the prayer, and his wife prayed the prayer, and his mother-in-law prayed the prayer to accept Christ in their, their hearts. As they got up from, the, up from praying, from their knees, he says, can't we start a church or something? I've got a lot more friends that need to know this. They need to know about eternal life. Okay, folks, where was the harvest? Right in front of my nose. Now, folks, this did not happen on a Sunday. And this did not happen as a part of a, a planned ministry event. It had, it, I, I can't even say it was planned in any way except by God the Father. Now, Friends, do you think he's got them for you too? Do you think he's got people already that he's ready to give, but somebody's got to open their eyes? Who do you think that would be? 
It's us. We've got to open our eyes. I think he wants to show us. And I don't think missions is, is, is all the way on the other side of the world. I think it happens right here. Because I think he wants to save people right here. Okay? Can we walk away with that? The harvest is now. And it's about eternal life. Don't, this is not about church. This is not about religion. It's not about form. It's about the most important thing. May it be the most important thing. Can I pray with you? Our Heavenly Father, we need to open our eyes. You have it right under our noses. I, I really believe you've got maybe thousands of people right here, nearby, our students, our people. And it won't matter if we do other things if we don't do the main thing. Please, Father, please open our eyes. Help us to tell others about you. Help us to share what you've done in our lives. Help us to be a witness. You've done fun, wonderful things in our lives. We need to be doing them. We need to be sharing them. Please, Father, may your grace and mercy be upon us and direct us the way we should go, that we would share your good news. Because we do want to hear. We do want to hear the good news. And we want people to hear that too. In Jesus' name, amen. sing in your own language. I'm going to sing in, in my Native American uh, tongue. And we believe that he is Lord. And the mission feels right in front of us. Amen. And so let's sing this one more time. Jesus Christ Amen. Go in his peace. Praise the Lord.